Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Sean Morgan. I am not Caleb Walgren. Uh, don't know if Neither you could, am I. Don't know if you could tell. I am not Caleb Walgren. Unfortunately, our dear, dear Caleb is out sick. Uh, he had a bit of a, a bit of an ear infection. So hopefully he's, uh, hopefully he's feeling better in time for next week's episode. So in his stead, I am filling in as admirably as I can as the host. So I am joined by Travis Conaway. Travis, how are you doing this evening? Uh, man, it's been, it's been a hectic week uh, since last week. Uh, as you all know, I missed last week due to some just uh, personal issues. Um, but it's been, it's been hectic ever since with work and school and everything else. But I'm glad to finally be caught up and kind of being able to sit back and relax and talk some sports and gonna be it's gonna be nice and it's good to have you back and fortunately it seems like once we bring the the crew back together we get the trio together we do one episode and then there's like this chain reaction where it's <laughs> only two of us instead of three so hopefully <laughs> hopefully we can shore that up and actually have everybody that's supposed to be on the cast actually on the cast so let's uh, go ahead and dive right into what we will be talking about today so our headliner, and this is something that has been discussed quite extensively in the sports media, uh, is the situation going on with Dak Prescott and Skip Bayless. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, as we shared last week, we are doing our own NFL power rankings in conjunction with Clutch Crew Sports. Uh, we will go ahead and go through, give you the update after the opening NFL weekend. Uh, then we're going to do a little bit of a... You know, a little bit of a round-the-horn-esque, um, our NFL invest or fire sell. What we think, based on these stories coming out of this weekend, is a invest. This is definitely going to be something that's going to improve or be the case. Or sell, you know, definitely a, uh, a no-go, do not want. And then we will do our game of the week to wrap everything up. This week will be the Patriots at the Seattle Seahawks. So first... Dak Prescott. Now, me personally, I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. If you're just tuning in, this is your very first episode of Brody Sports Talk. Uh, I will tell you, I am a big Philadelphia Eagles stan. Uh, if you have, if you're a longtime listener, then you know that I have zero love lost, no love lost at all for Dak Prescott and for the Dallas Cowboys. That said, I absolutely hate skip bayless i think he is he is the type of sports journalist that capitalizes on the worst parts of a story and says insightful things solely so he can stay relevant i can't stand that at all to go through after in one thing too right skip comes from this old school mentality of this toxic masculinity guys need to be these brutes guys need to to shove everything down because that's how you be a leader that's that's how you you show that you're a leader but when Dak came out and said about how he struggled with depression after his brother's suicide for skip to come out and say something like that is one of the most insensitive like disgraceful things that I have ever heard 
a sports journalist say. Um, that he shouldn't show signs of weakness because it's going to affect his team's ability to believe in him when they're in tough spots. Come on, Skip. Really? That is, that is disgusting, right? I, I hope sincerely, as an Eagles fan, that the Cowboys lose every single game this season, right? But I cannot imagine a world where I am not going to pull for Dak Prescott, the person, to win every single game. Because to come out and showcase the emotional depth needed to share something like that with the world is immense. And if I was a player on the Dallas Cowboys, him coming out and saying something like that would 100% sell me on his ability to lead my team and be a leader for me. Absolutely. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be this type of figure that's approachable and that's relatable. You have to be authentic, right? That's one of the things I think that you don't really see as much in modern sports in regards to leadership from the outside, right? You look and you say, oh, this person's clearly the leader of the team, but you have no idea what goes on inside the locker room. You have no idea what goes on, you know, on the field, on the sidelines. And for, for Dak to be, I think, this figure for the Dallas Cowboys, you know what, Jerry, pay him. Give him, give him some big bucks. Uh, I, I, again, I'm not 100% sold on his on-the-field ability. But I am 100% sold on Dak Prescott, the human being. Uh, Travis, do you, I, I know I went on a little bit of a rant there. I, no, I feel like I'm the morality you... police. But do you have any, uh, do you have any thoughts yeah, uh, I do, um, and I 110% agree with you. I've never been a big fan of Skip Bayless, never will be a fan of Skip. Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head in that he's just doing whatever he can to stay relevant, and he, and he you know, prides himself on this, I'm an old school, things should be this way. Dude, it's 2020. It's time to move on, and honestly, if we could move on from him, I would greatly appreciate it. I don't like him. I don't like – I just – I'm just not a fan. And to take it to this level and to say such insensitive things about somebody in such a serious manner, um, like you would think we were talking about – like we were talking in 1980. Yeah. Like this is, this is 2020. Depression is real. We all know it. We've all been affected by it in some way, shape, or form. If we have it or if we know someone that has it, I you know, I – I wish I could say that I've never experienced someone committing suicide and, and my, my, uh, absolutely my thoughts and prayers and, and everything go out to the Prescott family. And I, I am a Vikings fan. I, I'm indifferent to the Cowboys. You know, the only reason I don't want the Cowboys to win is because I live in Oklahoma where we have a very vast population of bandwagon, of bandwagon cowboy fans <laughs> who think it's Super Bowl year every single year. And honestly, it's just a devil's advocate in me to say, <laughs> maybe not. But when it comes to Dak Prescott as a person, I am 100% sold on him. Like the, the fact that he's even willing to open up and talk about things like that um, shows more maturity and more 
shows you know, character depth, right? Shows... That's that's a great way to put it. Character depth. I was gonna just say depth, but character depth of, you know, yes, I own what's going on in my life, and this is what I'm struggling with. And the fact, if I if he was my quarterback, and I played football for years, if he was my quarterback, I'm gonna stand behind him 100 percent because when you touch that field, those are your brothers and those are your family. And if you know one of your boys are struggling whether it's with depression or alcohol or whatever it is, or just having a bad day, you know, you should know that your team is 100% behind you. And to be called a fake leader is just absolutely ridiculous. And you shouldn't bring someone's mental health ever into a football game. It's football. Like the dude has proven multiple times that as much as we, you know, we talk bad about the Cowboys or whatnot, He's proven to us that he can do it. He's playing in a 1% of 1% mm-hmm. in the NFL. If and you're good enough to make it, then, then that's what matters. No, I, I agree. And that's the other thing, too, I think that's kind of unspoken, right? When it comes to mental health, when it comes to being an NFL player, it's a different type of pressure, uh, especially you know around this time, even though we had, that sh- we had basically no preseason, kind of the shortened offseason, you had a lot of player cuts, you know, guys who didn't get their chance at glory, who are now essentially their career plans have changed massively. You never know when you're going to be playing football the next week. You never know when Mm -hmm. you're going to sustain an injury. I mean, of course, there's a huge physical toll, but the mental toll that these players have to endure from, you know, basically day in, day out, week in, week out, especially in this era of social media, where, you know, on, on Facebook, on Twitter, every sports site seems to have a comment section. And boy, are those not the comments that you want to read if you're a professional player and you had a bad game or a bad day. So the mental fortitude that you have to have in order to do this job is immense. But if you can showcase that vulnerability and still, you know, perform week in, week out in spite of that pressure, again, I, I am incredibly impressed with how Dak Prescott's handled this. Mm-hmm. And I actually am probably going to uh, do a bit, of a, a bit of a step back and essentially second guess anything negative that I say about him uh, in the future based on how he's handled this. So, yeah. And I, uh, and I, I agree wholeheartedly uh, with that sentiment. And, and I kind of wanted to elaborate as well on, you know, in the, in the world we live in, you know, like you said, every sports channel, has a comment section. Those are not what you read. Um, it seems like nowadays because of social media and because of, you know, and it's awkward to say because what we're doing literally at, as we speak, there's always an expert somewhere. And, and yes, we have a, you know, stereotypical, Hey, it's quarantine. Let's have a podcast, you know, situation going on here. Um, and, you know, we, we don't ever claim to be experts by any stretch of the matter. We, we know that there are people out there that know more than we do, um, and we will give them props where props are due. Um, but like you said, everybody is a, a keyboard coach, you know, or, you know, like the old school days of the TV coach. And just to be able to do what they do um, is even impressive, especially going through something like they did. No, I, I again, I think we're, we're in in an agreement here. Uh, one last thought. Uh, again, Skip Bayless, we hate you. Please, <laughs> please go somewhere. We don't have to hear you ever Just again. retire. Yeah. Just, you, just be done, yeah, dude. Go, go, uh, 
go off somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Texas and just stay away from, from the rest like, of us. Well, like we get it, man. <laughs> you, you, you broadcast the games that Jesus played in. We get it. Yeah. You're so, you're so good. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of good, uh, we're actually going to go ahead <laughs> uh, transition to our power ranking. So if again, you're just tuning in for the first time for Brody sports talk last week, we started with the kickoff of the NFL season, our own official power rankings. One of my favorite things that comes with the NFL season. Because uh, so you get what, to play with spreadsheets. Exactly. So what we've done, of course, if you've, you know, for power rankings, you go through, you rank every team, one through 32, and you just move in week in, week out, um, up or down the ranking based on how you thought they performed relative to every other team in the league. Uh, so myself, Travis, our, uh, our, our dear friend, Caleb, who isn't here to defend any of his picks, uh, and again, we partnered with Clutch Crew Sports, another amazing sports podcast you should definitely check out. I believe it's at Clutch Crew Sport on Twitter. Uh, we have consolidated all of our rankings and went through and determined a final power ranking. So we're actually going to go through, uh, we split them into four tiers. Uh, we're going to go through each tier and highlight a team that one of us may have ranked a little bit higher or lower than the rest, or just a team that we thought we wanted to go ahead and share uh, some insights about or some thoughts based on their most recent performance. So let's go ahead and get started. So in our top tier, our top eight teams in the league, uh, at number one, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, number two, Baltimore Ravens, number three, Seattle Seahawks, number four, New Orleans Saints, number five, Green Bay Packers, at six, Buffalo Bills, seven, Pittsburgh Steelers, and rounding out our top tier, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, that's a new one. The Arizona Cardinals uh, definitely wouldn't have ranked there uh, last season. Uh, now, we had them again at eight, but Travis, you actually had them coming in at number three. So tell me a little bit about that. What about the Cardinals has impressed you? Um, I don't know if it's more of that what they did this one week that has impressed me. I think it's the vast amount of talent that that team has. Um, I think the team that surrounds Kyler Murray is setting him up for an amazing sophomore season um, and having them, I had them ranked higher because I, I was legitimately impressed. You took down the team that was in the Super Bowl, Like that's, that's, th that's hands down impressive, whether it was, you know, the greatest game in the world ever or not. Uh, you take down the team that was previously in the Super Bowl that people tout as one of the you know, top teams in the league. That's impressive to me. Um, not to mention, just like I said, the vast amount of talent that surrounds Kyler Murray. Um, <laughs> thank you, uh, Houston Texans. No, right. um, Bill, Bill O'Brien. Good Loved old Bill O'Brien. Uh, best player in Arizona, right there. Bill O'Brien. I, uh, I actually, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I, I mean, I wax poetic about the Arizona Cardinals for multiple podcasts leading up to the NFL season. And so far, I mean, they basically went to San Francisco and showed exactly what metal they have. And I was incredibly impressed. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for that team. And I'm excited to see them heading into week two and continuing on. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's do our next tier. We call this the aspiring tier. These are the teams that are trying to break into that upper echelon with these playoff aspirations. So at number nine, we have the Tennessee Titans. Number 10, New England Patriots, 11, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 12, the aforementioned San Francisco 49ers, number 13, Minnesota Vikings, 14, Los Angeles Rams, 
number 15, Dallas Cowboys, and rounding out at number 16, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, me, uh, Both of our teams. I know, right? So, uh, all, all three of our, mine, Caleb, and Travis's teams here in the aspiring tier, I actually wasn't too kind to the Vikings on my particular rankings. So, I had them coming in at number 17 when they end up finishing at number 13. So, for me, right, I, I actually had them at 14 last week. So, it wasn't as big of a fall as you might think. Um, but they gave up 43 points at home. 19 unanswered points in the first half. Um, the game was a shootout late. Players began to tire. I think lack of preseason, you know, not getting as many reps, not getting the proper fitness uh, definitely made a huge difference. But up until the fourth quarter, the Packers were basically on cruise control. Uh, Viking corners are incredibly young, unproven. They have some rough games coming up ahead. Uh, they host the Titans on the 27th. Titans are a very strong team. And I think they're going to run into some very high-powered offenses, Texans and Seahawks, uh, away week four, week five. I need to see some defensive stoutness from the Vikings. I need to see Kirk Cousins come in and actually do something uh, beyond just play okay in the fourth quarter. I need to see some consistency, which has been kind of the barometer for his career is, are you going to be consistent? week in to week out, or are you going to, you know, be, um, be a flat track bully and beat up the teams that you should. And then when it comes time to actually face the teams that are good, then you just end up meh. So the Vikings kind of showed me a lot of meh over the weekend. And until I see something else, that's kind of where I feel they fit. As a Vikings fan, I unfortunately have to agree with you. They didn't impress me defensively like I wanted them to, but I also knew uh, with such a young team that there were going to be some defensive struggles. I honestly think the hype around us was a little higher than it should have been. Um, a lot of people shrugged off losing um, Stefan Diggs as, oh, well, he's their team's going to be better for it because, you know, they got him out of the locker room and clearly he was unhappy. Um, you lost Stefan Diggs. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's you're not losing. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, he may have not have got along with everybody in the locker room, but the talent that's, that was Stefan Diggs is gone, and you, you don't have him anymore. And so you went from a two solid wide receiver set to a wide receiver set of, you know, by committee uh, with Alan, Adam Thielen. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I, I knew starting with the Packers was going to be rough. And I also knew that this season scheduling isn't the kindest to us. No. But I, I just I, – I have to agree with you. I want to see something from, defensive, from the defensive side of the ball. Well, here's, um, I want the hope. young guys to kind of step into their roles. Yeah, and I mean, lack of preseason, again, definitely hurts, especially with these younger guys who are still pretty much getting acclimated to the pressure. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of, of teams that aren't really acclimating uh, as well as they might like, we're going to go ahead and move on to tier three, which we call the wavering tier. These are teams <laughs> that may have playoff hopes, um, but for whatever reason or another, they're not executing or they're falling behind uh, and are trying to get above water. So at number 17, we have the Las Vegas Raiders, number 18, Denver Broncos, number 19, Houston Texans. 20 Atlanta Falcons, 21 the Los Angeles Chargers, 22 the Washington football team, 
Number 23, Indianapolis Colts. And rounding out at the wavering tier at 24, the Chicago Bears. Um, now, there were actually, for, for all of these from 17 to 24, uh, we actually pretty much nailed on average, you know, we, we're all kind of on the same page. So let's, let's actually go ahead and let's, uh, let's pick on Frank Reich's team. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Travis, did you have some thoughts on why the Colts are, are lingering down here in the wavering tier? Um, I don't I, – honestly, I should have ranked them lower, uh, to be honest. I wasn't too impressed. Losing to a team that we previously had ranked, um, I believe it was dead last last year – or last week, uh, uh, losing to a Jacksonville yeah. Jaguar team. Um, mind you, the I did not expect them to win, and the reason why was not – for the fact that it was against Jacksonville Jaguars or, or what have you is Colts haven't won in Jacksonville in years. Uh, I think like, I want to say five years and football tends to have some form of consistency in that place. Awesome. Um, if, if like, if you struggle in a certain stadium, you're going to struggle in that stadium, whether you know you do or not. I also, I'm not hundred percent sold on the whole Philip Rivers thing. I understand he's, where they supposed to or you know that's who they've got yeah uh and and so i i don't know i i would have honestly if i had thought it a little bit more through i probably would have had them lower um but i think maybe the hype around the name of Philip rivers is kind of keeping them up in that ranking a little higher than they expected to be and i actually ranked them significantly higher than you did um and for me right i actually am somewhat in agreement with you i probably should have dropped them a little bit uh, the, I, whenever I went through and sent this up, it was over the weekend and the Marlon Mack injury uh, with it being as, as severe, probably could have dropped yeah, them, dropped them a little bit, but Rivers is capable, right? And I think that considering the division that they're in and all of the uncertainty and unsurety that comes with their division, you never know what team's actually going to emerge as being um, just above decent, which is usually the, the benchmark for winning it. Uh, the Titan, Titans gave me a pretty good feeling. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Titans, I, I still think, need to show a little bit more offensively to compete with some of the higher-powered teams. Um, but, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a topic for, for another day. Uh, I, I think Rivers, unfortunately, is probably going to look the worst of the two between him and Brady in regards to regressing as ancient quarterbacks. Uh, let's let's go ahead and drop all the way down to the basement tier. And this is the bottom of the barrel. These are teams that are going to be struggling to get out of the bottom of their divisions, uh, let alone, you know, getting out of or, or trying to get into a, a playoff berth. So at number 25, we have the Detroit Lions, 26, the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars, 27, Cleveland Browns, 28, Miami Dolphins, 29, Carolina Panthers, 30, Cincinnati Bengals, 31, New York Giants, and rounding out the very bottom of the basement, to nobody's surprise, Adam Gase's New York Jets. So, uh, now we partner again with Clutch Crew. Clutch has a soft spot for the Jags. They are Jags fans, so they ranked them a little bit higher. Um, I actually had them at spot number 30. Now, for me, I think that this was an excellent, excellent win for them. I originally had the Jags at number 32 heading into week one. 
maybe a little bit lower than I should have. I bought in some of that preseason. What's that? What's the opposite of hype, right? What's the opposite? I don't know what the Brain opposite. Wreck. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of believed that they were just as dysfunctional as they had showed. Um, but Gardner Minshew just came out and proved why he, you know, is the number one man down in Jacksonville. Uh, they had a very well earned win uh, at home, and I mean, the Colts were in it though every bit of the way, right? Uh, it took a lot of your trademark Rivers mistakes that kept them from keeping the score closer, I think, throughout the second half. And I really need to – and it's kind of similar for me with the Vikings. Or I just need to see more from the Jacks. I need to, to see how they play against a team that isn't super inconsistent offensively. And from there, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do. I mean, the Colts weren't exactly uh, barn burners on, on defense. You know, I mean, the, the fact that Minshew could have a near, you know, like basically 100% completion rate, there's, there's some cause for concern there. So I need, to see, I need to see Minshew do it again and probably do it again another time or two uh, before I am sold on the Jags being anything other than in our basement here. So that rounds out our power rankings. If you are like, you know what, guys, you are dumb. How could you ever rank these teams in such and such spots? Please criticize us on Twitter. Uh, we, are, <laughs> we are happy to field your concern and file them appropriately in our trash cans. No, I'm kidding. Um, seriously, the number one place for complaints, Twitter. Yeah, seriously, if you have any thoughts on it, please uh, please share with us. We are more than happy to discuss. Uh, Caleb is the one who manages our Twitter and he is super active and always loves getting into these little side discussions about things that we have talked about. Uh, He'll well, bait you into them. In I know, right? Um, well, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, we'll go ahead and do our, uh, our NFL invest or fire sale. So please stay with us. We will be back here in just a moment. All right, everybody, welcome back after that nice message about Anchor from Caleb. Hi, Caleb, we wish you were here. You're gone. Mm-hmm. Nah, you're, you're, you're here with us in, I don't say in spirit, that sounds bad. It's that not, sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's you're, here with us via listening in to us tomorrow. Yeah, he, gets to, he actually gets to be a listener this time as opposed to just a, just a host. He, I mean, you and I, I don't think he's missed a podcast. I don't you think and I he both has have. either. So, well, uh, well it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to hear his, hear his feedback on how we uh, do. I, I'm scared now, God. We're so fired. Yeah, we're <laughs> we done. absolutely sorry, fired. Sorry, guys, this is the last time you're going to hear uh, myself and Travis. It's just going to be the Caleb Sports Talk Show. With <laughs> guest hosts. Forward. <laughs> all right well so let's, fired. Uh, i know right uh, <laughs> speaking of fired let's go ahead and do our nfl investor fire sale so again what we're doing here is going through a couple topics actually uh eight specific for my camera account yes eight topics <laughs> uh i know right that were stories over the weekend that we thought might be a good item to talk about as to whether or not we think this is a sign of what's to come or if we think things are going to turn around for some of these uh, problematic players, uh, teams, and situations. So the first, the Detroit Lions, who uh, just in general, God, they blew it, didn't they? Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, for me, it's definitely a sell. Uh, the fourth quarter meltdown against Trubisky and the they Chicago made him look Bears. Good. 
they, they made, made him, him look good. They made him look real good. Uh, that's super problematic for me. Really, until the Lions can show that they can actually close out games. Um, I have a feeling that uh, this is going to be another coach in the long list of coaches who served uh, with Bill Belichick that uh, Don't pan out. aren't that good uh, as head coaches. I so, saw when we were looking at these fire sales, I, I mean, I saw uh, an interesting stat. Um, did you know any team that's been coached by Patricia um, has led in the fourth quarter in 20 of the 33 games that he's coached with, with the Lions? Oh, They've lost 10 of those games and tied another one. That's not a good that's, that's not, not good. a good stat. That is I, not good. That is got to be concerning for Lions fans. Yeah. That is got to be concerning for Lions players. Yeah, it's got to be concerning for everything. Yeah, for uh, again, I I I can't see Detroit being like, "You know what? Let's is, the whole sunk cost fallacy has to kick in at some point where you have to realize mm-hmm. we are investing way too much money and time and effort into a coach that isn't going to get us there. Uh, maybe they try to time it with, you know, like Matt Stafford's twilight years or considering how banged up he is, maybe his twilight years are upon us now. I don't, I don't know, especially, and now they've lost Coleman who to honestly, to me was probably the only highlight that they had. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's just, I, it's not a good, it's not a good look for the Lions. No, uh, I would have to agree. So. I think, I think Swift is still going to be, even though he had that really bad drop that I think is going to eat at him for a very, very long time. I think he has a, uh, he'll have a promising career, although it's rough to say, you know, Hey, you have a promising career and you're playing in Detroit, but right. you know, hopefully things pan out for him. Well, the second one we want to talk about is actually a team that, uh, that won their football game. Um, in spite, <laughs> in spite of what happened, we're going to talk about uh, buy or sell or investor or sale the uh, Steelers special teams. <laughs> All of them. What do you think? I special teams is such a tumultuous position Isn't in general. Though? Like you are either the hero or you are public enemy number one. Um, but just the absolute struggle that they had just. Muffed, muffed punt. I mean, the the for me, right? I, and I actually have it as a, as an invest because really? I have a tremendous. And so here's the thing, right? I have a tremendous amount of respect for Mike Tomlin. I think that he is a fantastic coach. He wouldn't have been there for as long as he has had he not given a sense of stability to that team. I agree. I think special He's teams. He's a great coach. Well, well, special teams is where I feel like a lack of preseason and a lack of a proper offseason is going to hurt the most because there's going to be a lot of rust. Um, there's going to Special teams is all about that repetitive execution. It's doing the same thing over and over. It's just like running around. It's the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And so the timing has to be right. The understanding has to be right. Special teams is generally something that if there's a problem, it's a schematic issue. Or it's a personnel issue with a usually a single person, either I your kicker or punter or your long snapper, um, or you need to shift some people around. Um, you know, it make a, just a few changes. I don't feel like this is a big cause for concern for them. Uh, for one, their defense, God, their defense is going to be monstrous. Uh, so I, I haven't invested. I don't think this is going to be a problem for the Steelers long term. 
See, I don't think it's going to be a problem because I think they're going to replace. Kickers aren't – if you don't make kicks and you don't fix your punts, you don't last. Uh, look at Austin Seibert, former funny. OU kicker. He's gone. And he got got. Sorry, I'm gonna try not to show my bias against OU, but he got <laughs> removed from the Browns. I mean, so like it's not like you're not, you're not as good as you'd like to be. Like it's not as like you were removed from a team with a backup kicker whose you know name is Steven Goskowski or something. Like you were removed <laughs> hey, from Goskowski's the Browns. Goskowski's about to probably be kicked out too. God yeah. knows that. Um, well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, a player that was a bit maligned, I think, uh, last year, despite the fact uh, that he got to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers did not get the job done uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I actually have this as an invest. So for, for me, I don't think – and the big criticism came – against some of those late missed throws where he either overthrew the ball or he's just really way off target. Um, again, wasn't you know, played since the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're going to hear you, me echo this multiple times during this segment. Lack of a proper offseason and lack of a preseason, not having enough time leading into the season to get reps with your guys to get that, that level of understanding is showing itself and showed itself a whole bunch across every single week one game. Yeah. So this is this is just a product of that. Uh, Garoppolo, I think, is an is a very capable quarterback. I'm not going to say that he's elite. He's not, you know, hashtag Joe Flacco, uh, but he is still a an above average quarterback. And I think that this it shouldn't reflect on him poorly. Uh, but you said you had it as an investor. Well. I I do, and my reasoning is not exactly what you said, um, but it does echo the point of. Um, you know, the lack of preseason. Uh, I mean, if you even look back to last year, when you look at the Super Bowl, who was the more offensive team? The Chiefs. The, the 49ers not, are not known to be these juggernauts. I'm going to score 70 points on you. They scored a and lot of points last year, though, man. They did score a lot of points last year, but they weren't known for it. So, honestly, fair. like, he, he's struggling throwing. I really just attributed it to – the sense of no no preseason and i also think they looked worse against the the team that they were playing against i think if they had played like that against another team and kept it close i i think we wouldn't be as negative about it That's mind also- you the only numbers that i mean look negative on garoppolo is is his percentage yeah i mean and to be fair like i said most of the most of the the poor, I think, impression that he gave came in the fourth quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually, I'm in agreement with you. I, and I know we're a lot more solid on the Cardinals. Think that they're a better team than a lot of what I'm hearing from other mm-hmm. sports podcasts, from you know some some sports uh, websites. But you know, if if we continue to see this from Garoppolo, then uh, we may have to change our thought. Uh, well, the next. In line here is the Denver Broncos and their defensive struggles. Uh, so, do you have any thoughts on that, Travis, or do you want me to dive in? I see. I did. I do a little bit, um, and I, I understand that they struggled. But at the same time, if you look at the final score, it's low scoring, and low scoring games equal decent defenses or really bad offenses. And if you look at the offenses, they weren't horrible. 
Drew Locke, you know, in my opinion, the Broncos had the capability of winning that game um, easily. Um, there was a lot of missed opportunities offensively. Um, but I also think a lot of times we compare teams to their former selves. And Denver's always been that team of, oh, you know, you've got this you know, amazing defense and you've got Von Miller, which you don't anymore. So I, I, I honestly, I haven't invested. I don't think it's going to be an issue going down the line. I think they'll get it kind of squared away. No, I, I actually agree. And for me, you're right. Um, the big thing came down to Denver basically giving up again late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has kind of been a trend, I think, for the Broncos uh, for the last basically two-ish years. And at some point, you have to start wondering, you know, they, they adopt this this thing that, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot uh, across multiple teams. It's the whole bend but don't break. You know, if we're, if we're up late, don't give up the big play and try to keep things manageable. Mm-hmm. At some point, that stops working. And teams know that they can abuse you underneath. Teams know they can abuse you with screens. Teams know what to do against your softer defensive approach. And you have to start being more aggressive in these situations where it's late game, you're up by less than a touchdown, and you don't want to give up the big play. But sometimes you need the big play, right? You need to be the one going in, you know, with that six or seven man rush, you know, blitz a corner, have the safety come in, you know, yeah, they're, they're going to be potentially looking, you know, for a big play. But if you've been showing the softer defense and they're expecting these little out routes to the sideline, you may be able to, to catch them by having that safety come up right? You've got to start doing something a little bit more aggressive. And I think the Broncos are talented. Losing Von Miller sucks for them. That's a brutal, brutal loss. But at some point, you've got to get around the whole injuries excuse the Eagles did last year. Mm -hmm. Barely, but we did. Maybe the secondary made a paper mache and we still managed to make the playoffs. So at some point, you have to stop making excuses and start showing up and if you're going to be losing so many players to injury, then having that softer defensive approach, I don't know, man. I, I still think, again, the Broncos are capable. I haven't as an invest, but it's a very tentative invest. Um, moving on to somebody I don't think either one of us care much for, uh, Mike McCarthy, the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll start. Um, I have this as a 100% sell. Now, the reason we have McCarthy on here is that he lost his opening game as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he did so in kind of a very uh, McCarthy-esque fashion, but also not McCarthy-esque, right? So Cowboys finally got a taste of his decision-making, right? It's not always about him being too conservative. Sometimes it's about him doing something that in the circumstance seems incredibly mind-boggling. And you're just like, well, why did you do this? So the big thing is him not making the typical conservative call to kick that tying field goal. Uh, and then instead, losing, the fo- or losing on downs. Uh, what do you expect, Dallas? You hired a coach that you had 
basically a decade's worth of you know perspective on and thought that somehow after 10 years surely his decision making has improved over the year before when the Packers ended up not wanting him anymore um so I I have as a sell Zeke did get more carries than I thought he would definitely a departure from how McCarthy likes to take that single back and uh, give him nothing so I I just I think that Cowboys are fans are going to see exactly what it is that they got in Mike McCarthy. Anything loose to the Falcons this week, which I mean, I don't think the Falcons were terrible. Um, right. God, they, they start 0-2 and things are going to be rough down in Dallas. What do you think? What do you think about McCarthy? I, I'm 100% behind you and I really hope people don't think it's because of a bias. Uh, Mike McCarthy, you got fired from a Green Bay Packers team for a reason. And this is one of those reasons, you know, you, your decision-making is not the greatest anymore. And as you get older and as you spend more time, it's not getting any better than you've proven that to us. And as a, you know, now you're coaching a team, which already had some pretty volatile fans when it comes to coaching. Yeah. You can't make decisions like that and not have half of the fan base turn against you. When it comes to risky moves, you are either the hero or the villain. If you succeed, everybody's going to tout you. If you fail, you're a moron. <laughs> um, and he and was, there's, he was and, a moron. And, yeah, there was definitely some moronic level of coaching. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to say sell, but as we all know, Jerry Jones, he won't. Well, I think Cowboys fans are going to give McCarthy a little bit to – I mean, you're, they had, you know, some of them had Stockholm Syndrome with Jason Garrett for a very long time where they still thought he was going to – he was going to be the guy, but eventually they, they got rid of the old the clapper. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in, uh, in a much worse situation. But, you know, I, I think they'll give him – they'll give McCarthy just a little bit. But, again, they lose to the Falcons next week. Mm, I think that things are going to start feeling a little unstable uh, in, in the Cowboys camp. Let's, let's move on. Uh, so, Le'Veon Bell – uh, he actually, I have it as a sell. He just got thrown on 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 uh, on IR, um, probably for like two or three weeks. He came out and said he's going to have this career year. He's going to see this resurgence. He's going to be the 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 greatest. And then yeah. uh, he he wasn't. Uh, he hurt himself, and now we get to see the immortal Frank Gore get more carries yep. i think so much for that uh for and that they signed career. keenan ballage yeah i saw that too so much for that career year uh bell it couldn't happen to a to a, a better player I, and actually, <laughs> I think, so so when i say that i'm not saying haha i'm glad the guy got injured right but i think that he needed some perspective on his value and i think that he definitely it was way more confident heading into this than he should have been he needed and, a reality check I yeah agree. he needed a reality check that you know what I mean, sometimes things don't go your way, and maybe you should humble up uh, before you suit up. Absolutely. Um, that was a quick one because, again, I think he actually just got put on IR like uh, oh God, Five a hours few ago. hours yeah, before we started recording this. So Literally um, like right before. Yeah, so uh, the next one we're going to do is, uh, is Mike Evans. So Ugh. in the much-hiped battle um, between old man Brady – an old, An man, old man breathe. Uh, we battle of the old man bees. Yeah, like I mean, combined age of like eighty-five. Um, 
we uh one of the other uh other pretty brutal battles was mike evans against the uh against marshawn Lattimore, who always seems to uh show up pretty well when tampa bay comes to town mm-hmm. um so uh, what do you what do you think i mean because pretty much I, uh Lattimore shut him down right he, had, yeah. he accomplished nothing i think he had like one catch yeah, um, i'm i'm going with a actually an invest on this one and here's my reason why um brady's been on that team for less than like six days it seems like um time's coming he's gotta get i mean he you put tom brady on a team that he doesn't really have too much you know chemistry with and it's tom brady i mean we can't we can't argue that he's one of the best quarterbacks we've we've seen in our lifetime and and he has the stats to prove it but when he doesn't even connect with his number one guy for 20 years, it seems like, in Gronk, clearly there's not an issue with just one player. It is an issue with we don't have the chemistry yet, and I think that chemistry is yet to come. That's a, fair, that's a very fair assessment, and I, I am inclined to agree. I actually have it as an invest as well. I think Mike Evans is incredibly talented. I think he has a super high ceiling. He always mm-hmm. seems to get bested by Lattimore during the Saints box matchup. So this wasn't too surprising. Uh, and a frustrated receiver is usually a very unproductive receiver, right? They either kind of have this extreme, like a pendulum swing, either they're going to be angry and they're going to want the football every time. And they're going to basically show up and dominate, or they end up just getting so frustrated that they keep getting beat because right. I mean, wide receiver is a very one-on-one. I am. It's it's me versus you, uh, type of position. Unlike a lot of the other positions, I think, um, you know, in football, and for for you to get beaten like that is demoralizing. And to know that not only is it happening here, but it's happened practically every single time you've been matched up across from this guy. Yeah. Eventually, like we talked about, you know, football being a pretty big mental game. Uh, that's got a way on you. So I, I still think Evans is going to be great. Just probably not against the Saints. Um, and I mean, if, if you look at the numbers, yeah, he only had two yards, but he won. He had a touchdown. But he was only targeted four times. I mean, yeah, they, more stuck to him. Right. And they spread that ball out. I mean, Brady passed to one, three, six, almost, I think, ten. Ten different receivers in one game. The sure. only player that – there's only three players that had over five targets, and that was Howard, Miller, and Godwin. And, I mean, clearly Godwin's their number one guy anyway. So, yeah. like, all around, it was just maybe there's too many weapons. Um, <laughs> and, and, and your targets are going to be lower, and so your numbers are going to look worse. I yeah. don't think he's going to put up the fantasy points he put up last year um, solely for the fact that he may not have a connection with Brady. I mean, I, I think, old, honestly, I'm, I'm still lukewarm on whether or not Brady is going to have a, uh, a better season than had they stuck with Mr. Crab Legs. Um, moving, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to our final uh, part of our invest or fire sale. Uh, this is actually going to take us all the way back to Thursday. Uh, the Houston Texans obviously came out a little flatter than they would have uh, would have liked, and did not perform as uh, as expected. I think I, I know that people were were hyping up the Chiefs, and people thought that you know with the offseason that the Texans had and making some other unfortunate trades, that 
you know, hey, this is going to be a blowout. It was a nine-point spread. But I honestly had a little more faith in the Texans than I think a lot of people did. And I was not rewarded um, with that faith. But I actually have this as an invest. And let me tell you why. I don't think getting smacked by the Chiefs is the best barometer to compare as to how your team is doing relative to the rest of the NFL. Because right now I feel like the Chiefs are going to smack just about everybody in the face uh, at home, right? I mean, yeah. that's like, what, 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 the, the best team in football right now. Uh, so that's not going to tell you how good you are. Um, I, again, I get some of, the, some of the score late, the scoring late that the Texans did was a bit of a garbage time thing. But Deshaun Watson is incredibly talented. Uh, he is super capable, I think, of taking over a game. If given the opportunity, I get that he doesn't have the weapons around him that he used to, uh, but I think that over time, he's going to get comfortable with what he has. And as we mentioned before, I don't think their division is all that tough. So I feel as though for the Texans, they should stabilize here in the next couple of weeks. And they should, again, look like a team that is capable of making the playoffs. I don't think they continue to flounder down in this bottom tier nonsense, but you are shaking your head yeah. every this word is, that I say, Travis. So, so this come at the, me, bro. This is the first time I think we've disagreed all podcasts. Um, come at me. I could have told you this was a fire sale three weeks ago, dude. You throw away a player like DeAndre Hopkins? Like, come on now. And, and yes, their division is not the greatest, and they could easily win it. But that's like saying, sure, the Cowboys last year could easily win their division. There was nobody to compete with them. But at the same time, I, their, their schedule is not set up for success, man. They've got the Chiefs. They've got the Ravens, Steelers, Vikings. Their only respite is the Jaguars in week five. And then Titans, Packers, Jaguars again. And, and they're the softest part of their schedule is at the end of the year. But if you're already six games down at the end of the year, nobody cares if you win games at the end of the year at that point. See, I, I think you're you're keep in mind this is this is still the same Texans team that were a few Is it? A few okay. <laughs> one player one player does not make um okay. Two players does not make a team. <laughs> um they do when they're DeAndre Hopkins and like so, come on, man. So I think that you know, again, they don't play in the in the toughest division, right? And I don't feel that this was the best game to get a true perspective on how the Texans are going to do this season. So that's... And, and I hope I eat crow because I have a lot of Texans on my fantasy team. And, and I agree <laughs> that this is, not a, this is not a good game to compare it on. Uh, you're playing against um, a juggernaut of the, a team that I firmly believe will just roll through 90% of the league. Um, but I will say I was very impressed with uh, Johnson in his new uniform. And yeah, he actually had he a really good play. He had a really good start. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I, I think they're going to see some, some good things out of him, especially in games where uh, Watson's targets just aren't, aren't catching the football. Uh, but those are, those are eight for our invest or fire sell again. If you agree, disagree, please come at us on Twitter. Come at me, bro. Uh, moving on to our uh, our closing segment is the game of the week. So this is where we go through, highlight our particular 
sometimes it may be our favorite. Sometimes it may be the highest profile. Sometimes it may just have a pretty darn interesting storyline. Um, mm-hmm. This is our NFL game that we think is the uh, going to be the most fun to talk about. So mm-hmm. looking at week two, there are a lot of marquee matchups. I know that Saints-Bucks was kind of the, the big headline for week one. Week two doesn't really have, I think, some endearing storylines. So we ended up picking uh, the New England, pa- New England Patriots. That's the team traveling up to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks uh, in their orange sky. So <laughs> a little scary out there. Um, yeah, I don't know why they would want to go there. It's going to be it's going to be a little bit tough. But so obviously, I think people were expecting the Patriots to have fallen off a little bit. And I get that it was the Dolphins that they played week one and the Dolphins didn't exactly come out and, uh, and you know, win anybody over. Uh, we got to see Fitz tragic uh, <laughs> instead of Fitz magic week one. So maybe, maybe we're going to see a, a change at quarterback sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm glad that I had uh, Fitz on the bench for fantasy, uh, but I am not as sold. I think on cam newton as a lot of other people are and i know he had a good game against the dolphins right he had a good game on the ground uh when he had to throw the football there really weren't a lot of throws that i thought you know what that shows that his arms back his shoulders back everything's good to go uh if you guys are are longtime listeners of our podcast you know that i have not said the nicest things about cam newton Uh, over the last probably six months i thought his career was done I thought his shoulder was shot. Uh, he looked limp-armed uh, at times with the Panthers to close off his career there. And I just didn't think that he was going to show a whole lot with the Patriots. He was able to make some of the throws. So we'll see how much that opens up. But boy, oh boy, did the Seahawks look pretty darn yeah, they good against the Falcons. Russell Wilson especially. Looks like he's going to have a repeat of last year where he basically carried that entire team on his shoulders. But he actually, um, they had a lot of weapons uh, that they that they used and abused. What do you, so what do you think about this matchup? I mean, obviously you can kind of see where I'm leaning toward. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think? I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of along the same lines. Um, th- this is the interesting one in the sense of the teams are semi-similar, I guess you would say, when it comes to, like, play style. So if you look at both of the games last week that these teams played, uh, can you tell me who the leading rusher was for either team um, without looking? Uh, I mean, I I would tell you um, without looking if I wasn't already looking. <laughs> it was both quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that says something when your leading rushers are your quarterbacks. Um, so I think that's where my intrigue comes is I kind of want to see the two similar players compete against each other. Um, I'm also not sold as Cam Newton as the Patriots quarterback. Um, I think that was just the best option available at that point, um, to get them through until they can get another player. Um, I think that we're, we're seeing an end of a, of a dynasty in my opinion. Um, but I think we're seeing a beginning of something beautiful in Seattle and I'm not a big Seattle fan. I think Russell Wilson is – I think he felt like he had all right to the MVP of last year, um, and now he's going to prove why and do it two years in a row. So I, I, it's hard for me to disagree with you. I think um, at least inherently I think you may be selling the um, 
the Seahawks for a little bit too much. I, I'm not as ready to say, yeah, they're, you know, they're destined for greatness. Mm-hmm. But Russell Wilson looked pretty darn good. And maybe this is maybe this is his, his MVP year. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Uh, let's see. What's the what's the early early line right now? It's like Seahawks. Uh, at, at, uh, last update. Yeah. So it looks like I'm looking at stuff from Monday. It showed it at four and a half. I guess it's moved up to three and a half, which I think is a reasonable reasonable spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patriots did look pretty good on defense, uh, as would be expected, because um, they had they were monsters last year. So maybe this is we get to see Wilson struggle a bit more than uh, he did against the Falcons. Probably not throw for three hundred plus uh, over thirty times. What do you think? I, I actually I have the I have the the Seattle taking it probably probably in the neighborhood of like a, a twenty one to thirteen. Seems, yeah, I'm, seems reasonable twenty one to sixteen. I'm trash when it comes to picking scores, um, as we've seen evidence of in our previous picks of the week. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just go ahead and say that I'm taking the Seahawks to, to cover the three and a half. Um, I won't, I won't give you actual numbers because the Lord knows everybody on Twitter will be like, Travis is trash. I mean, I can say Travis is trash. No. Uh, um, you've said no. it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 again, I also think they're going to cover the spread. Like I said, with, um, you know, I think it's going to be at least five points, honestly, 5.7 points. It's going to, you know, I, th- I still think the the Patriots can keep it at a one score game, especially on the strength of their and the backbone of their defense. But you know, it's hard to pick against the Seahawks right now after how well they opened the season. So we will we will see. And plus, again, it's at Century Field, so we'll see. Really, with the with the Patriots as their first true test, I think for Cam uh, going into Seattle. Well, that will actually wrap it up. Yeah, um, we we went through we everything. You, with, I know, we miss you, miss you, Caleb. Hopefully, we're back next week. If if you hear my voice again heading in next week, you'll know that poor Caleb um, either quit the show in shame and disgust <laughs> after hearing this episode. Uh, or, if you don't hear our voices, you know Caleb fired yeah, us. If you don't hear us, you know Caleb decided <laughs> that we had to go. Um, well, again, my name is Sean Morgan. That is Travis Conaway. We want to thank you for listening to episode 59 of Brody Sports Talk. Any final thoughts, Travis? Nope. Just everyone have a good night. Enjoy this weekend of sports. Um, and go Pokes. Playing Tulsa this weekend. Now that Tulsa is no longer under quarantine for COVID. There you go. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have to – maybe we'll spotlight that next week. Probably Yeah, not, that's but. kind of <laughs> – well, probably not, but hey, I'll have something to say about it. There Dang you it. go. There you go. All right. Well, again, hope you guys have a good evening. Signing off. Woo!